Y'all, the holidays are coming up, and this is the perfect time to be able to get your family, your loved ones, your friends, your rugby stuff. Not just another rugby team, because they might not even care about that team. You can't, maybe not everybody's here rocking for the All Blacks, or rocking for Ireland, or, or just has a USA rugby jersey that they want to drop on. But you definitely can never go wrong with a casual rugby wear. Check it out at rugbyoutletmall.com. Uh, get the stuff that represents to the things that they already know, like our our rugby life shirt representing the YouTube culture. Of course, get our rugby PayPal shirt that is just a beautiful blue that goes along with it. Um, you guys can get our HBCU Rugby Classic shirts if you want to represent for new and upcoming culture. But more importantly, guys, because you're listening to this podcast right here, I definitely want to make sure that you have something to go along with it to provide. So for any first-time users, definitely use the code GROWRUGBY for 20% off. That is GROWRUGBY, G-R-E-A-U-X, rugby. That's two words, G-R-E-A-U-X, rugby. And you guys will get 20% off of any Icono Rugby shirts, any HBCU Rugby shirts, and and just be able to fully embrace the merch. It's winter time. Suit up. Get representing for your rugby anytime, anywhere, any place. It's gonna be worth it, man. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another great episode of Rugby Swag. My name is Gift Gift Time A Bailu. And Merry Christmas, everybody, or happy holidays to you, because we're just around the corner. I'm hyped, you're hyped. Let's get it started. Intro. I think the minute I stepped on a practice field for rugby, the calling happened. An eight-year plan to be on the team. And I was in it within two years. Don't wait until you are a pro to be a pro. Right? And I walk around with a rugby ball sometimes, and they're like, what is this child on? It looks like it was a heavy hit. It's up. It's not up. You know, that's the first time I played, like, professional. I'm making rugby money. How can I make money outside of it? And there's two Scottish guys, and they said, oh, you're, um, you're here for the movie. That rugby is a game for all shapes and sizes, all cultural um, aspects. He looked at me, and he says, you guys are awesome. Yo, I'm so glad to have you guys here today. I want you first and foremost, please do not forget, if you guys enjoy the content, absolutely subscribe, please follow, and uh, I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you, I need you guys to share this as well too, share it with your friends, I will try and clip some of these down so it's a little bit shorter so we can, you know, give a little bit tighter elements to this, but I need you guys to share this so that we can really, really grow and make an impact and really change the ecosystem of rugby in this USA as well as internationally and of course this is why we do this so that we can be able to find these opportunities talk to the people who've taken advantage of them grown them developed and now subsequently provide the opportunities via rugby we have a great guest for y'all today my friend and founder and head coach for the Southern University Rugby Squad based out of Baton Rouge Kicking in in 2023, 2024, Isaiah Washington is going to be on the show today. It's going to be great, great conversation that we had with him discussing where he started from and what he wants to do with Southern University and HBCU. So, you know, I'm trying to get him ready for the HBCU Rugby Classic. So, you know, I have a, a legitimate, genuine interest in what is about to happen with that. 
But before we get started, I wanted to just kind of talk about some of the things that have been happening. All right. We, we, we got a lot. That, a few things that happened. There's not a whole lot that's happened. Uh, first and foremost, uh, I want to talk about some MLR stuff. And uh, this past week, uh, at least since the last time that we talked, New York Rugby, uh, Rugby New York has made a, a bit of an addition to their name. Uh, they became the New York Rugby Iron Workers. The Iron Workers. Uh, needless to say, uh, look, I appreciate good creativity like, like anybody else. Um, but we, we got to talk about these MLR names. Look. The sentiment I get, you know, you want to get the heart of the city. It's the the working man's team, uh, and also big congratulations. Also, they they got an actual field um, just in uh, upstate New York, uh, just north of uh, New York City, uh, so near Westchester. So big congratulations getting the stadium. I know that will be significant for a lot of teams. Uh, in the New York area, especially for championships, club teams, and and definitely youth play. But uh, again, this name, this name, you know, we 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 just got off of the whole, we just got off the whole deal with the Gil Gil Gronies, Giltinis, the uh, 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 Gilly. Oh, I forgot his name. Uh, the Australian fraudster. Um, and and you know, I appreciate marking your territory. Um, with things that have uh, direct significance to you. But when you're putting these names together, like, what, what is, wh- why go too far? Example, New York Rugby Iron. Excellent. Heart of the city, makes sense, all very, very significant. And it sounds phonetically great like it it sounds good the new york rugby iron now i don't know if there's somebody who had that name copywritten or something like that but i don't know where you stop because when you go to iron workers like this now takes away from the oomph like there's there's the single syllable or two syllable with a lighter end syllable um mascot names and I'm pretty sure they're going to have a guy probably with a helmet and a hammer and it's going to look like so many other uh, mascots. I I feel like Purdue, like the Boilermakers, is something like similar to that. But it's just like I don't get why the MLR – and this is – you know what? And this might be fan voted, which means I, I kind of stick to the idea of like, yo, we need to stop letting fans make all the decisions. Like I know it's not all, but – the ones that are marketing decisions, but I'm, I'm not sure if it's fandom. So I don't want to. I don't want to blame anybody uh, who's not responsible. But iron workers, guys, iron, New York City iron, like it. It connotates so much, and I'm probably not the first person to talk about this. But guys, come come on, come on, come on, who, who come on. Let's take your name seriously. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be rocked in stone, but come on. <laughs> like, it, this isn't the Free Jacks. Free, free Jacks. Big first, soft second syllable. 
gold, single syllable. Um, uh, 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 Chicago Fire, single syllable. Uh, Atlanta Rattlers, single syllable, two first syllable, soft second. Like, you can't go two hard syllables. Iron workers. If it was iron workers, you know, you got to melt it in iron workers, maybe we could got something. But iron workers, it, it's too much. It just, it's weird. I mean, it's probably not going to be a big deal in the grander scheme of things, but it's the same reason why, like, you know, again, it's guiltinis, the gilgronies. Like, it's so ah to the throat. I just I, I want us to be able to take our names here because we got some serious marketability to be able to take advantage of. And, uh, yeah, and everybody could be like, yo, it's easy to criticize. You're not in the back. No, no, no. Some things need to be criticized. I'm not saying, and ironically, as I also just said, fans shouldn't have uh, that much uh, control on everything. I ironically say this also in the same guise as, like, also recognize this has to be said over and over and over again. You know, just wrap it back. New York City Iron. I hope people just nickname it the Iron and not say the full Iron Worker's name so that at least it feels harder and can still commemorate New York because it's, you know, the Iron and Cement City, which I guess is all cities, but is the Iron and Cement known for its Iron and Cement? So, like, at least be able to, you know, magnify that without being like, ah, we're for the people, like, uh, it's, it's a little much. It's a little much, man. It's a little much. To another thing that's a little too much, the World Cup happened this weekend, and needless to say, probably one of the best World Cup finals that you probably, we probably ever had in maybe 20 years, or at least one that I think will at least be memorable. And ironically, the last one that I think is, like, truly memorable was also involving France. It was France-Italy when Zon Zidane head-butted dude uh, after pissing him off, which was the first time I truly respected soccer in that moment. And, yes, I say soccer because go look at the phonetic history of that term. It will be soccer. Blame it on the English. Um, but it, it's 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 – this was a good weekend. Now, mind you, I, I stuck to the fact, and I put it on Twitter. I was like, yo, this was, this game went from boring to one of the most exciting in 60 seconds. I think more technically it was like 96 seconds. But the tying up and everything, that was dope. But what I reason I'm talking about this is more so to what's going to happen after this and how this affects rugby. Because it, with rugby, especially here in the U.S., Ironically, I mean, I live in Brazil, but, you know, I speak in terms of the U.S. We have the next run of major international sporting events coming onto our shores. Uh, we start off 2026 with World Cup again with the, the partnership between Canada, Mexico, and the U.S. U.S. being the primary one, 48 teams come in, 106 games to be played between the three countries. It's going to be in, it's going to be ridiculous. And after that, 2028, we got the Olympics in Los Angeles. Then after that, about three year, two years later, three years later, 2031 uh, Rugby World Cup. And then 2033 Rugby World Cup. So we have this slate that is just a promotional uh, runway and a template for everything that we need to get done and be able to show off in this time. 
Now, you might be thinking, a lot of people seem to go, oh, man, we have until 2031 to really get ready. And that might be true for on-field, which I actually don't think it's fully true because 2028, I, I don't like people missing that rugby Olympic sevens is going to be significant because basically the HSBC is now just a preliminary round into the Olympics. And that's when it comes. Not the, I said this before. The Rugby World Cup sevens lost its, its, its uh, sachet whenever the Olympics really came in. And whenever we saw 2016 and it was dope, and then even 2020, despite pandemic, was dope. Rugby World Cup sevens does not have the same soiree that you know. I keep changing it. It's the same soiree that that Olympic sevens. So right now, obviously, our biggest focus is 2024, but we are really actually setting up for 2028, and we have to utilize 2026 to be our advantage. What does that mean? What does that mean for us as rugby people? That means. Number one, we need to get our marketing straight. What I, that means we need to work on our companies. Guys, I truly, truly put this as a suggestion, even though they're not a, uh, a sponsor here. You guys need to start using ChatGPT. It's the AI that everybody's been talking about, so it's not new. And if you didn't know what it was, uh, now you do. ChatGPT uh, basically is an AI system. Uh, it, I, I, a lot of people liken it to an Alexa that you type into. Uh, but it has a much more, uh, what's the best way, retention rate over time. So basically, it's a system that's learning right now. It's free because they just want to get as much information as possible. And honestly, as if you're a rugby administrator or you are trying to get a different leg up with your rugby, it's the perfect time that you need to start using ChatGPT before they start charging you for it, which they will. And honestly, I will be using it. Uh, one example that I think is always good is when you're doing your sponsorships. Your sponsorship letters, these can be all iffy and, you know, everybody always has a wonder, how do you get this done? ChatGPT can write it up for you. Have ChatGPT write up your, uh, uh, your sponsorship letter and make sure you just put in the information that you needed to have with it. Save yourself a lot of trouble and time um, with that. Number two on that, and, you know, we'll section this off when it comes to your marketing Obviously, now, content, 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 content. Guys, uh, there's a lot of talk that TikTok might be off, and uh, who knows? But if TikTok does go or becomes illegal, there's a B inside here, it becomes illegal in the U.S. like it is in India, or it gets highly restricted in the U.S., uh, uh, you know, it's, it's very necessary to make sure that you are on these other platforms. Really the next big platform, not next big platform, the platform that is actually going to be the most relevant, which it is now, probably YouTube Shorts. Instagram still, um, they're re, they started reworking their algorithm to be more of a sharing one without it being overwhelming. But YouTube Shorts probably has a, not as much virality, but you can get pretty close to what you do with TikTok. Uh, and I know this one is actually going to make a big – if TikTok drops from the U.S., it's going to be a big hit against uh, rugby, women's rugby specifically because I think that between, obviously, the women's – Six Nations women's uh, and them being a sponsor for that, uh, World Rugby has been really heavily trying to over-promote on TikTok to make that partnership work. And, of course, you know, 
jump on the backs, not create, but jump on the backs of of star of TikTok stars like Ileona Mar and actually I think that's about it in rugby. I mean, there's people with high numbers, but that's that's the biggest star on TikTok. And that can all go in a second if you're not on other platforms prepping. So I would suggest making sure that you're dropping the same similar content that you're doing for TikTok. Make sure you're doing it on shorts. The difference is, though, shorts obviously is for one minute. Uh, so, you know, it's back to the super short form content. Then obviously building up on YouTube. But but because it is YouTube and Google, these are elements that actually can pay. And they actually just made a change on that one where 10 million, if you get 10 million views, uh, I think per year, uh, you are eligible for payment. And that's including shorts. And shorts get dumb, crazy views. So it used to be like 4,000 hours, which like 1,000 subscribers, 4,000 hours, no penalties on your stuff. And now it's moving to 10 million views, which is 10 million views combined. So what you do on shorts, which like I said, shorts runs, 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 runs virally. And then obviously what you can do on YouTube and then that's where your payments. So this can also be a fundraising element for you becomes far more necessary because TikTok doesn't pay for crap. TikTok creator fund doesn't pay for crap. So I want to pass some of this information on. Uh, another thing that you, is very, very needed to be able to continue on is to make sure that you are aligning with uh, these companies and making sure that they're pushing it. Because when it comes to 2026, when the World Cup comes to U.S., Canada, it comes to North America, um, this is going to be an opportunity where you will have a massive influx of international talent. Now, not obviously not every city, every location is going to uh, necessarily have those people there. Obviously, it's going to go to specific cities. I think they've already been named, if I remember correctly. I don't remember the name, but I know they've been named. But it's an opportunity for you to utilize paid media, um, one. And then, like I said, connecting with your businesses. The two go hand in hand. This is being able to pay for ads. Uh, this gives you a lot more targeting. Uh, gives people a lot more stories to be able to connect you back. And that can be used through Google ads or Facebook even though we all know Facebook has much more limited, um, a limited uh, search algorithm for its uh, paid media, for its ads, but still literally one of the best. It's almost the equivalent of saying that uh, Netflix subscriber numbers have dropped, but it's still like far and above further ahead in subscriber numbers than the next closest subscriber individually, which I think they try and claim it as Amazon Prime, but, you know, because Prime, everybody has Prime for the stuff, but really it's like Disney Plus, and it's still by 100 million. So you really need to make sure that you are aware and taking advantage of these things while the time is here to do it. So Utilize chat GPT. Make sure it makes all your standard documents. Help you with your standard documents. What you need to send out to sponsors. What you need to send out as official documentation to pre for press releases. Help it, with, help it with the stuff that you used to sit back and be like, I have no idea how to formulate a proper template for this. How, how do I formulate a proper template for this? No. Use chat GPT to formulate your template and then go insert your information in there and let it do the work for you. Like save yourself a lot of time because it'll take a few seconds 
and it'll make your life a lot easier. Number two, make sure you're spreading your content out into all sorts of different places because, again, TikTok might end up shutting down. And even if it doesn't, you don't want to limit yourself to one or two platforms. Legitimately, you need to do the probably the full five. Uh, That full five, what I say is um, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, YouTube. Uh, these are the full five. Now, there's other ones like Be Real and stuff that are kind of popping up. You can do stuff on Reddit, but uh, the reach difference is 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 a little different. And of course, Twitter. I'm sorry. Even in with Elon Musk, whatever, whatever, Twitter is still one of the primary news le- level stuff. So whatever it is that you're doing, at least drop a little something inside there. It might be busy. It takes time, but it's going to be worth it. And it makes it so that whenever 2026 comes around, you have something for people to understand. And literally building people in to 2026. We're doing this with the HBC Rugby Classic. You're going to see more and more content from me because now I'm kind of shifting out my business model with it. Uh, And, of course, I'm constantly going to be saying, hey, we got some great stuff coming up. And I don't want you guys to miss out. Straight off the bat, HBCU Rugby Classic tickets are going up for sale starting on Black Friday. It is going to be the cheapest they'll ever be. Uh, It is great seats. We're talking about VIP, talking about our general seats. HBCU Rugby Classic happening on March 31st through April 2nd in Washington, D.C. at Howard University. It's going to be the first time on Howard campus. And why should you go to it? We are going to be the most dynamic, entertaining rugby tournament that you have ever seen. It's not even a tournament. We're a showcase. We're here to be able to show culture, HBCUs, and the mixture into rugby culture. It is something to be seen from step shows, a great rugby performances, and musical performances as well. So much that will be happening, and you don't want to miss out on it at all. Definitely go to HBCURugbyClassic.com. Go check our ticketing, and it will take you directly to our event and definitely grab in. Tickets will only stay at this Black Friday price until Christmas. So I'm giving it a full month until Christmas. And then from there, we're going up. But I'm telling you, the value is going to be worth it right now. So don't miss out on one second of it. HBCRugbyClassic.com 2023 HBC Rugby Classic Check out Howard University Being there first Check out the rivalry of Prairie View A&M and Morehouse Get to see some international The youth, it's going to be amazing You don't want to miss a second of it But it is Absolutely important that you are also doing it for your club because these are advantages that we need to be able to take advantage to to develop on so that we can develop. And this is then goes into what you do on field and, and grassroots and stuff. But right now, that's that's a whole different element. But right now, I want to just give you the things that you have the highest immediate levels of control. Um, so sponsors uh, um, uh, uh, chat GPT for standardizing your documents. Spread your content around um, more and more uh, onto different platforms. And then, of course, third, make sure that you are absolutely using uh, your paid media when the time comes, especially 2026, to target people and get it in. Whether it's 50 bucks or something like that, you just need to be able to get it and target in on a few people. It'll make this process a lot faster and uh, 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 help 
be able to uh, push your objectives a little bit more each each time. With that being said, guys, I want us to go ahead. Let's get started on this interview. Uh, once again, Isaiah Washington, Southern University Rugby uh Southern University Rugby head coach, Southern University Rugby founder, uh, and and just all-around great guy. I, I enjoyed the conversation. It was a great time. I hope you guys enjoy it. Get some information. And, of course, of course, uh, please make sure that you guys are sharing this, liking this, uh, subscribing. Please, and I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you specifically. Make sure that you are actually sharing this. Uh, to your friends and family, we need to make sure we spread this out the proper way. Going into 2023, we're coming in hard. We've been three years of strong suffering. Three years of strong suffering. We're not suffering anymore, all right? Let's keep it going. This is for all of us. And thank you for those who have shared it. I, I, I will say thank you. I know, like, Rugby Morning, thank you so much. And, 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 and everybody who shared, commented, and everything. And I hope also that you guys have been liking the movie reviews. Uh, I hope... To be able to continue, just did one for Jungle Cry. Um, we'll be continuing some more over this break uh, and and posting them onto this platform and YouTube, of course. Uh, Gift Time Rugby and, and, and the works. And you guys can find us Instagram at Rugby Swag and all that stuff. I know, I'm saying it late. As I just said, we need to get into the interview. So let's get into the interview. Isaiah Washington, Southern R University Rugby. Hey everybody, this is just the Bray Train sending out a personal little video diary to all you people out there where I am going to document me riding most of the way between Singapore and Tokyo for the 2019 Rugby World Cup. I needed help, and it came from Louisiana. We in Singapore, baby! Gift from Gift Time Rugby USA is an extroverted tour de force. But what unites us is a hunger for adventure. After KL, Kuala Lumpur. Yeah! Gift, where are we? We're in Our love of Asian rugby culture. One, two, three, center! Yeah! Rugby is, is starting to develop here in Cambodia for women as well. Valkyries, the mighty, mighty Valkyries! We're out here, we're running out of energy, we're running out of money, and we're feeling isolated. And yet at that critical moment, Friends, family, sometimes complete strangers come on board. Before you know it, we're back in the game. Tokyo, here we come. Malaysia, Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam. Watch the full adventure at crugby.vhx.tv. That's C like S-E-E-Rugby.vhx.tv. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another great episode of Rugby Swag, where we talk to people about the things that they have done, created, or founded through opportunities via rugby. Got a V, double I, all right, 
Super P, all right? The P's of P's over here. I think I made it make sense, V-I. You know, it doesn't matter because we got Isaiah Washington, Southern University, former Arkansas State, military man, oh, just an uh, innovator in his, uh, of his own kind. Isaiah, brother, how you doing, my friend? <laughs> hey, I'm doing great. Hey, I appreciate the introduction, Gift. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's good to be here. It's good to uh, have an opportunity to talk HBCU rugby. At Man, least my portion of it, trying trying to add to. It, it, it's about the incrementation. You want to make sure the energy is coming in correctly so that people can understand how important this really is and what we got going on in, in these moments. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, uh, you know, there's been a, a lot of trailblazers, a lot of a lot that have done so much to get this started, and you know, I just want to do my part to kind of extend. Uh, and, and hopefully some of the things that I'm doing be an example for not, not the rugby clubs, but the administration to get behind, you know, uh, making this thing uh, happen, you know, making HBC rugby a thing um, with pretty much every uh, bit of gear. This is like the only uh, Southern University rugby gear that I have. I've got about four shirts that I don't have hashtag HBC rugby on the back. Because I'm trying to get that to stick, you know. Let's I'm go. To get that to stick. I'm here for that. And also, also, what you just said was you got your four, uh, uh, uh what do they call it? exclusive jerseys. Exclusive. The first one, all right, all right. This, this, we're setting the price for the future. We're setting the hey, price early. All right. Hey, you know, <laughs> Understand this value. Hey, those that. <laughs> hey, it's gonna be vintage in about ten years. We're gonna That's look at vintage. About. You know. That's what I'm talking about. First right, look, edition. Look, look. <laughs> There we go. First edition Southern University rugby jersey. I, I love it. I love it. But, you know, I, I whenever it comes to this, I always like really making sure to talk about a hero story because every hero does absolutely have their story. And I know you got one because we talk a lot. So whatever you guys are hearing now yeah. is basically what we just talk about in person, maybe more or less. And then, and then some. So, yo, Isaiah, man, I want to ask you. On your origin story, how did you get started with rugby? You know, I so I walked on at Arkansas State uh, uh, to play football. And it was one of those things, like I was 160 pounds. I ran about a 4.7 when I graduated high school. Didn't get any playing time. And, you know, it was one of those things where I was like, you know, I, I'm kind of – I got a decent skill. I could have got a little bit of playing time. But, you know, so I kind of just focused on on walking on at Arkansas State. And, uh, and in a year and a half, uh, by the time I walked on, I was 200 pounds. Uh, I ran a 4.47. And so, yeah. you know, I was, at the time, ASU was terrible um, in football. Um, but I looked at it as like, you know, I, I kind of need a scholarship or I need to work to pay for school. So I just kind of walked away from that and I uh, started playing flag football and a couple of guys were like, hey, man, you should play rugby. And then after a couple of times, you know, people saying that, I was like, okay, well, let me check it out. And, you know, we uh, we were D2 at the time and, and uh, you know, I was the fastest guy on the field. It was great, you know. Uh, it means I didn't get touched much. You know, right. Uh, and we were, you <laughs> know, and, and again, <laughs> right. And we were in D2. And, you know, uh, eventually uh, coach uh, Kurt Huckabee, uh, rest in peace. Uh, he was 
uh, our coach. And um, it was one of those things that he he had no problem calling me a prima donna because my jersey was always the cleanest. <laughs> uh, you know, and, uh, and, you know, it was and, – and Coach Kurt had a great way of humbling. Like, so I'd score two tries a game. And we watch a film and everybody talking trash and he like fast forward and be like, see, see this tackle he missed? He gave up a try. <laughs> so that negates one of those tries. And so I just like, all right, coach. Man. You know, and he he was so I never as 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 much as you know, my name make the school paper and you know, you know, all the exciting plays that I made. At film session, coach had a great way of bringing me back down to earth. Like, ah, you know, uh, there's one thing that I hear uh, coaches say uh, that that second year rugby player that that you know they they just start thinking they know the game. Never had that yeah. problem. Never had that problem under Coach Kurt. You know, uh, <laughs> he, he was. Uh, like, like, and oh, in, one thing, <laughs> yeah, it, basically. <clears throat> You know, but there was one thing that, you know, really and to this day that kind of I'm going to take with. It's like, you know, your scrum is why you always had wide open tries or a two on one or a three on one. Because if it takes two or three to tackle your prop and two to three to tackle your second row, and uh, that's going to always create an overload and you're going to always benefit as the wing. And so I was like, well, yeah, coach, you know, thank you. For again, <laughs> uh, thank you for go. letting me. Thank you for uh, reminding me again uh, that I don't have anything except for uh, what you guys provide me. Fine, uh. <laughs> absolutely. And so you know, I. I uh, but Arkansas State had a really great program, um, yeah. and it continued to climb. Um, you know, for two coaches, the other coach, uh, the scrum coach, was Coach Pat, Dr. Stewart, uh, Patrick Stewart. He's a professor at the University of Arkansas right now still a mentor to this day. Um, uh, he, uh, but you know, it was two coaches. We practiced twice a week. We brought running shoes on Monday, uh, and, and training on Tuesday, Thursday. Whereas you fast forward to a lot of these division one programs. Now it's like three, four days, uh, and a, and a, a fitness pro, uh, a strength and conditioning program. I'm like, man, it's strength conditioning program. All I did was pretty muscle in, in college. Like <laughs> curls, bench press, and squat. Easy day. Easy day. Uh, but no, so, you know, I from there, I uh, moved on to uh, Dallas. Um, I played uh, sevens with the Harlequins. Great program. This is uh, Dallas Harlequins had a really good program. Uh, I, I I can't remember about what time when they started to decline, and and, and I think just there was a shift in a lot of uh, Super Rugby in America before it was yeah. the MLR. Uh, there were certain cities yeah. that had so, like pretty good teams and programs. You're talking about that uh, that uh, 2010 2011 time period. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right before that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I played sevens there, and it was fun. Um, and then I moved back to Little Rock, you know, um, I decided to move back to Little Rock and, you know, getting to be close to Arkansas State. There was a couple of alumni that got recent graduates that a few of them would have gotten MLR shots if there, if there was an MLR, but they were right. playing in Little Rock. And just in around that time, uh, Dr. Jules McCoy started coaching 15s and it just changed the culture of the club. Um, and Dr. Jules McCoy, I already say doctor, but Jules McCoy 
Um, I know. Look, when you work for that PhD, properly given it its credit. Well, no, it ain't a PhD. She's a neurologist. Like, she's a neurologist. She is. She got that medical degree out of Tulane, I believe. Um, Nice. But, but, you know, it was, it was always great. It's like going, she, she established an academy. Um, and, and it's a women's academy, um, where, you know, basically creating a pipeline to that, that eight sevens Eagles team. Um, and, and that was one of the things that's kind of just being around that atmosphere. And then even when she bring in her Eagles, you know, Phaedra, I remember when Phaedra came down and, and, um, she was able to get the Maori women's team. Um, and, and being at that Eagles, playing touch against them, that was the first time I'd ever gotten stepped by a woman. I was like, what is going on? Like, <laughs> and, I, and I was I, I, but I was good, you know? Man, step, uh, it was just Rich shocking. It threw you off. It just, it threw no, off. man. And well, well, it was just like one of those things I never competed against women in, in touch yeah. or, or, or rugby. And then once that happened, I was like, okay, hey, let, let's get it. You know, I was uh, – uh, it was fun. It was so much fun uh, because at that point you're dealing with almost uh, you're equal. You know, like when they're at that level, and I'm, I wasn't at that level, but when they're at that level, you know, you got to be sharp. You know, their 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 skill level is so high, and so. But I, you know, fast forward to when she was in uh, had her academy run, and I was like very. Engaged. She brought in coaches from all over the world um, to help develop. But with the one thing that I'm going to take with me as I create a sevens program for women and men um, is that the men and women did drills together the first 30 minutes. And mm-hmm. so we were all like going back and forth in, in whatever drill uh, we were doing. And then we'd separate, you know, Little Rock Rugby men and then they, uh, the academy would go. Uh, and so mm-hmm. That was very cool, um, and but in I mean I went too far. Uh, in 2011, um, I made the All Army Seventh Team. Uh, 2012, 13, one of those, one of those times. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm 40 now, man. Everything, all these years, <laughs> it all just runs together at this point, you know. <laughs> you know, uh, but that was so eye opening, and and that tournament it just so happened to be the international armed forces tournament. And, right. And so, you know, they had uh, British Royal Army, British Royal Air Force, uh, French uh, military was there, Australian Army was there. And uh, I can't remember, it might have been another one, but um, went up against uh, in a scrimmage against the British Royal uh, Army. And don't, I mean, you think Britain, you think, yeah, okay, Brits. It was like 13 Virginians. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was like, hey, look. <laughs> <laughs> this, seven, this 17 could fly. And they blew. And, and if you look up British Royal Army, even to this day, they yeah. blow out everybody they play. Right. They, they've got a really good team. <laughs> they said it's the British Royal Army and the colonies. Uh, right. And everybody. everybody. We were in a lot of places. <laughs> Uh, but it was such a great experience going up against our, you know, the, the main uh, tournament whenever we're against, you know, Army, Air Force, or excuse me, Marine, Air Force, Navy, Coast Guard. Right. Uh, and it was just cool. You know, you're playing for pride, but then there's that camaraderie and that brotherhood of, yeah, hey, we're all serving. Um, and, and as of uh, the last, I don't know, 
ever since the, the deployments kind of died down, like Air Force was owning rugby. But when the mm-hmm. deployment is down, dialed down, it's like, okay, Air Force, you stay in your place. Army got this, <laughs> you know. Uh, so that's been kind of wonderful to see. Uh, even if I, you know, not being able to compete um, with them, I've been able to watch and 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 follow and um, coach uh, Drown, who was a special forces commander, retired. Um, and he also ended up being the Fijian uh, team manager. Nice. Like so, he retired. As a colonel, went on to be the Olympic yeah, sevens team. Uh, nice, yeah. And uh, said, and "I went from gold to gold, Nick. nothing but wins." Right, right. And uh, Nick, uh, Chief uh, Nick Punamata, he was the assistant coach. And and let me tell you how. And I, I hate to tell on myself, you know, I I, I tore my knee, uh, tore my meniscus, and I applied. I didn't think I was going to make it. You know, the all army team. And so I kind of waited to start getting fit till I knew I made it. I don't know why right. I had that logic. And, shit. <laughs> and so we go and, uh, you know, I make the, uh, you know, the camp. I make it to the camp in Utah and the elevation is like it's 3,000. You know, I'd never, ever screw, competed. Screw your lungs at that point. Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> barely never, oxygen. Never competed. And so we're going through camp and I'm making play after play, but you know, whenever we're doing like drill, fitness tests and things. Right. Struggling. Just dying. And, Just dying. Uh, oh, man. Like I was already not fit and we're dealing with elevation. And so, you know, I, uh, and so they, when they're doing selections and like cuts in both uh, Coach uh, Colonel Drown uh, and, and Coach Nick, they, they both bring me in. And they're like, you know, we're going to keep it honest. You're the most unfit person here. And I just, my head just kind of went down. Like, ah, <laughs> uh, well, and everybody down. Ooh, you know, it's cold blooded. Hey, 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 I know this from Jules being coached by Jules. Fitness was a thing. There's been a couple of times I didn't make the team because of fitness. She didn't care how fitness good you were. issues. <laughs> fitness was the thing. Uh, and Coach Kirk was big on fitness too. Um, and I, I normally was fit, uh, but this particular time, just coming back from injury, um, I just, I, 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 I didn't have a coach yelling at me, uh, right. you know, the, the selections are in a whole different state, but anyway, um, they sit me down, you're the most unfit person here. And then, you know, but you make plays, uh, so you're going to be on the team. <laughs> it's the and internal like, conflict. <laughs> can he stay right? on the field? But when he's on the field, he can do all the work. <laughs> oh, man. For how long? Oh, man. For how long, you know, hey, just if you if you can get me, but because you know, you and I both know sevens, uh, two minutes can feel like and it's oh, that's 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 a whole hour right there. That's oh, a whole man. hour. You're like, you're, you're just like, didn't I just get on? How am I already dying right now? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, it was it was uh, it was so eye opening because you know, I never in, in college, I never cared about making an all star team, and this is when they actually had a pretty good structure. For all Americans and all the, like the, the the regional teams, they had a really good structure, and and they they used college to really develop into the farm system um, of of development and those all American tours that they um, were able to 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 develop these guys. Um, and I I was just like, hey, it's championship or bust for me, you know. Right. Um, but so being able to make an all star team. It, it, it was good. Uh, it, it was a great time. 
um, and 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 being having that camaraderie with with those guys in the army and even guys from other branches, I'm still uh, close with. So it's been it's been really cool. That's legit. Really, really good back- rugby upbringing. It, it, it's a good hierarchy. It's a good it, it's a yeah. good uh, uh, rugby environment that you were able to get brought under. I want to yeah. backtrack real quick, though, to kind of back to your Arkansas State days because, you know, there, there's a few things you you kind of just, like, wash over. You're like, yeah, I played Arkansas that. State. I was fast, and then we just went. <laughs> Minus, like, yo, so I played under Kurt Huckabee, who has a whole field named after him right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, so yeah. In, in that transition for you, going from football – I mean, the fact that you also talked about the fact that you dropped 0.3 seconds in your 40, and you're just like, ah, yeah, yeah. you know, I left 4-4. So I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm, let it be known. It was not lost. All right, I let, I let you go, but we're not going to act like these are small things. But, <laughs> but, but, like, so for you, you know, you're, you're, you're playing flag football at the time, which I know so many former football players – who, you know, especially on campus, end up going to play flag football and dominate in it. But, you know, it's a it's an it's a hollow feeling, to say the least, really? a very Absolutely. hollow feeling. So from you going from flag football, not being able to get playtime on the football team to the rugby team. For you, what was that transition like? Was was it obviously you said that you had the speed on the field, but you were at that point four seven speed, not four four speed. So whenever you're yeah. acclimating to that at Arkansas State, and this is about the time where they were really starting to ramp up their foreign players' um, uh, acquisitions, right? How were you feeling in that moment competing against those players who obviously had the skills, but, you know, you just came off of even even if ASU wasn't the greatest, it's still college rugby pro college football program. How did you feel whenever you were on that field at that first time? Those was the first so- special time. When I first came there, like ASU had a reputation, like it was, uh, they had won the D2 national championship um, two years prior. They had mm-hmm. a few All Americans already. Um, the team that I was on, like, you know, they didn't start getting the influx of international players till about, uh, about 2009, 2010. Mm-hmm. So, like, it was mostly like getting kids from Texas, Chicago. Um, primarily, that was those were the uh, pipelines. Okay. Um, but I think for me, what kind of helped was the team that I was on. Like uh, it, it was such a brotherhood. And I think that's so cliche. A lot of people, I know it's cliche. A lot of people say that, but I saw the camaraderie. And, and like what helped me, like really push is there was an alumni game, and it's you know mm-hmm. the current. It was the current team versus the old boys. Right, and uh, you know, and these and and they were still in shape. The old boys were still, and <laughs> for the most part, these in shape. So I'm they're probably still playing, game. for what it's worth. <laughs> yeah, some of them were, some of them were, yeah. and you know, it's the one game of the year. Like you got alumni that's, you know, that the ones that are still in town know where all the current players play, so they're still in all the cleats before the game and doing all. This. I didn't know about this at the time. But they're just doing it, it, it's it's like a lot of pranks and a lot of hazing and stuff like that. And so they play the game. I think the final score ended up being like 10 to 3. And I mean collisions, hits, like just beating the brakes off each other. Like so much pride mm-hmm. was at stake. You know, I didn't really realize at the time, but I just saw the physicality and I saw that nobody was really breaking. I think the final score ended up being 10 to 3. But after the game, 
just such embrace of each other, such respect. Right. Um, and I was like, I want to be a part of that. That that's what got me. Everybody had been trying to get me to play for a while, you know, uh, friends that I'd made. Um, right. But you know, uh, I had a friend uh, invite me to the game. Uh, a woman, uh, she was on the women's team, and mm-hmm. and she was like, "Hey, you, should, you might want to come see that." And and uh, and and I just watched it, and I was like, "Yeah, I, I want to." I want to be a part of this. And so that was really the thing that got me because there were people in flag football saying you should play you should do this, you know, you're in a fast. But right. looking at that is what drew me uh, to wanting to be a part. And it was, um, it was extremely like, and they were all welcoming, you know, um, we had a lot of speed, you know, there was a lot of speed, um, you know, a, a lot of guys that eventually ended up being all Americans, like and nice. and on that team that I was playing with, we were all young. Um, and we played like to, in in two thousand five. Mm-hmm. We uh, we lost the title game in two thousand four to Salisbury State in Stanford, which was. That campus, I was like, man, I should have been doing more in high school. Like, <laughs> <that> <laughs> campus like no, this is like this is Palo Alto. I, I no wonder, I, no wonder, so many tech people coming out from here. I, 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 I see oh you, God. I see you. Uh, uh, what's his name, yeah. dude who made Apple? I don't know why I just forgot his name at this exact moment, but yeah, Steve Jobs. I see yeah. you, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. I got yeah. you, Bill Gates. Yeah. <laughs> Even though he's Harvard, but still, yeah, man. No, I, I and I, I can feel that. Yeah, so you know it was. Uh, so we lost that, and the next year we come back bringing everybody back. We got a new, you know, uh, and everybody's healthy. We moved. Uh, Jarvis Alberry was my roommate. Um, nice. He ended up being an eagle, sevens eagle. Um, we were same bill, and coach used to always call me Jarvis and call him uh, <laughs> my name, and I'm, I'm like, coach. And, and so that's when uh, Dave Chappelle was at the height, and so they called yeah. him Twin Brother Darkness. <laughs> and so Coach started doing it. I was like, oh, come on, man. Oh, man. And, yeah. and it, was crazy. it was a fun time. It was a fun time. That year, uh, we, we, the year we lost the title was like, man, we were saying Dave Chappelle quotes all during the game. We were having fun. That, that lead up, like, you couldn't tell us anything in the South. You couldn't tell us oh, my- nothing. Like I was we, gonna we say, lost I, know, I, I was gonna say that little John, the, the little John lines <laughs> were were everything, yeah. everything. <laughs> what? Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was it was a fun time, and you know we at that time, uh, and then the next year everybody got hurt. You know, I'm, I'm I got hurt. You know, and it was one of those things like we were playing against a rival in in intramural basketball. And 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 uh, I tore my uh, my meniscus, mm, and, oh. and and so this is like the the end of the fall going into the spring, and like we had lost like our starting inside center start, so we lost our starting fly half, our right. starting center, our starting both centers, um, mm-hmm. I mean like we lost seven starters by the time we made it to the playoffs, and these are guys that mm-hmm. were intricate parts of. Keith, that like yeah. we and, and and we beat so this is the thing like we couldn't afford to travel that's the only reason why we was in D two we right couldn't afford to travel in D one so 
um, that we, uh, so we would always play University of Tennessee, who was always ranked in the top 10, top 15 in D1. And I'll just tell you, whoever was the home team won, period. Nice. Like, I don't know what it was in the years that I played, whoever was the home team won. It was it was a bitter ride. Um, um and, and it was it was it was fun, you know, like and and it was always close. It wasn't like it was one, you know, so we would we could compete with anybody. It's just we couldn't regionally afford, you know, to to be you didn't make that travel consistently. Over. Yeah. We couldn't, and you know, uh, not if we wanted to make it to the playoffs and move, because you know, just just the the way college was set up back then. And, and it, I, I mean, still is even to now. this day. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a struggle now. Um, and so, looking at that, you know, there was uh, uh, so yeah, you know, it, it was it was it, that that time was 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 fun, but you know, my last year we lost to Florida State, um, and you know, we played with like rookies like we played with guys that would never have gotten the field and they, right. they were in starting positions you know was that that was the same year that you guys were super injured going year. into the playoffs yes yes so 2005 okay. the spring of 2005 was when we uh you know we just had a rough go and but yeah. some people got healthy after like you know and so in 2005 you know post the playoff Right. Um, we had like, um, like I think five All Americans, one nice. honorable mention. Nice. We had a squad. You guys had a squad on you. We would we would have been pretty good. Yeah. Did you did you um, did year, you ever you know, get a champion? Uh, did you ever get a championship uh, while you no, were playing? Never. I know you. I never got a championship. Ah, that sucks. Never. Because it's like so one. close, but yeah. so far, right? Yeah, so my my in two thousand three was my first year. Two thousand three uh, spring yeah. was my was my first spring. I played in the fall, uh, twenty two thousand two uh, two thousand three. Um, we lost uh, in the elite eight. Two thousand four, mm. we lost in the final four, and in mm. two thousand five, yeah, we, no, we lost the in the injury championship at, at Stanford. Now two thousand two thousand five was the injury riddle year. Uh, we gotcha. we still made it to. The South Final. Um, nice. I was hobbling around on on one leg, playing wing. Um, it was awful. I, I had a rookie as my outside center, and he <laughs> saved my tail a lot because he could tackle. He could tackle like that's legit. He couldn't that's do legit. It. at the time. Like that was one thing that, like he he wasn't missing any tackles. He, he wasn't big, but he was definitely like uh, capable. Uh, of, of doing the job, um, and, but yeah, it was it was one of those things where we just didn't have numbers, and we couldn't afford to have somebody come in that wing and didn't know uh, the game. And so, uh, so yeah, after that, honestly, uh, you know, I, I, that's when I moved to Dallas. Shortly after that, uh, around, yeah. around two thousand six, two thousand seven, started back to playing in two thousand seven, um, and uh, and there, yeah, that was it, and. Someone that's a funny thing about um, uh, D1 rugby. So my um, there's a guy who played for Little Rock, brilliant player, like legitimately brilliant player. He played at Dartmouth. He was he came. Yeah. Uh, he's from Arkansas. Went back to medical school in Little Rock, and so 
he's playing, we're playing, and he's good. Like I'm, I'm happy. Like this dude is on my team. Like the dude is good. <laughs> Probably one of the best players I ever played with. Like legit. Like the guy nice. was talented. Um, and so he's like, you know, ASU goes to D1, they make it to the playoffs, and he's like. Oh well, you know, I see y'all in the playoffs. Now, 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 y'all can finally see, you know, what D one rugby is all about. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, all right, all right, you know, all right, you don't know. And, and I don't like the jaw about things I care. I'll talk trash all day about stuff that don't matter. But I don't, I don't bet on teams I love, and I don't, you know, I don't talk trash like that. I just, I'm a very humble, uh, when it comes, very humble when it comes to that type of stuff. I don't right. want any jinxing to take place. Um, but yeah, he was, he was really like, um, uh, you know, going there and I was like, okay. And, and so Arkansas state ended up playing against darkness in the playoffs. He was like, Hey, let's do a wager. I was like, nah, I'm good. You know, the funny thing is this is the, this was, this is one of those situations where you have the most amount of control on it. Cause you actually got to, well, no, no, you weren't playing at that point. Right. No, so was no, just, no, no, no. Spectator. Okay, I feel you. Yeah, yeah, I would have been hesitant yeah, too. I would have been hesitant yeah. just because you don't have the control on the game yeah, like you want I, to. I know. Yeah, and so you know, uh, fast forward. You know, we were playing a game, and he found out the score, and you know, he's he's quiet. You know, yo, ASU <laughs> uh, didn't work. You know, and, and it, it was the start of them having some really, really successful years that ended up yeah. winning uh, two uh, sevens titles in a row. Um, yes. You know, they, they struggled with continuity as a coaching staff. Like, I think they just they lost a lot of coaches uh, right. for what various reasons. And, and you know, it takes a hit. You're recruiting. It takes a hit on a lot. And um, but, you know, back to Dartmouth, um when he was playing, they lost to Tennessee into the year that we beat Tennessee. So I was like, oh, oh you know, I would have loved to have played y'all. Oh, we I would have loved to play <laughs> But uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Oh man, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh but so, no, it was yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So I, I wanted to because you know, you're setting that up. And obviously you mentioned the all-army, no problem. Obviously you mentioned the all-army team that you were. What was the point wherever you um, decided to go ahead and join the military? And then subsequently, what was that experience in terms of how it affected the way that you played rugby outside of, obviously, the all-army team? Um, You know, the the army kind of came out of necessity. You know, I uh, didn't finish college that first time. Mm-hmm. I was looking for something, you know, I was looking for something to kind of give me um, some level of uh, push, if you will. Right. And um, and that's kind of what, what I, why I joined the military. I was like, you know, this is, I obviously know that I'm capable of more. Um, you know, rugby was basically what was, keeping me in school at the time. I didn't have focus, you know, and discipline. So I was uh, very much looking for that, and and I found it in the military, you know. And uh, while I was in school, um, or one of the schools, I advanced individual training, AIT, uh, to learn my my job, I um, 
you know, I was in the lab. I just started, you know, goofing off. I remembered my uh, ASU password, and I reapplied for school, and I reached, got the information about from their ROTC. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, and, and so um, I was back at home campus and, you know, joined ROTC. Um, they had a structure that, that basically helped me get um, to where I was able to commission as an officer and graduate, like, uh, it's nice. a very good program. Um, and you know, it just, it was, it was also great being like 30 and yeah. having like 18, 19 and 20 year olds that I could just smoke in PT. Uh, <laughs> you know, let them know, let them know them youngins. What's up? Yeah, <laughs> right. Especially whenever I was playing football on rugby, you know, um, yeah. there, uh, so I also not only played with uh, played that one tournament, the Armed Forces. We go to Vegas every year too, so I played in a, a, a tournament in Vegas as well, mm-hmm. and that was exciting. You know, like it was one of those things to where it gave me an opportunity to to just further just enjoy that that camaraderie with the guys. And I, oh, it it was so. <laughs> another for it's. It's always funny how people uh so again Arkansas State is doing really well in rugby. Right. And I uh I'm I make the team and obviously, you know, we're all together and these West Point uh, and it was like, hey, you know, you're from Arkansas, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, and, and, and I know where this is going. I I, I don't again, I don't talk trash. I don't have to. You know, my, my team does the talking <laughs> for me unless they play BYU or Cal. <laughs> at the time, at the time, uh, uh, and they were like, "I was like Arkansas State," and they was like, "Yeah, we thought so," and then walked away. You know, because ASU had been beating. Nobody they wants beat that smoke. The playoffs. They beat them in the beat. Yeah, they beat uh, Army West Point in the playoffs, and so no. um, they probably wouldn't have re- made. Cared if about Arkansas State either way, you know, because it's you know it's Arkansas State. Um, yeah, but very obscure time, in, in what Lamar, Lamar Arkansas? Arkansas? No, no, that's Texas. I'm thinking in jo- Jonesboro, Jonesboro, right? Jonesboro, outside, like yeah, about an, hour, Jonesboro. about an hour from Memphis. So right. Um, no, I, but no, it was cool. How? What was the process of you getting onto the All Army team? Like I've heard it so, a bunch of times, and you see it all the time because I even know I just. Off of the most recently, I, I remember watching. I mean, we've watched them multiple times. Obviously, they won a championship, but like, you know, you hear about them a lot, but I never really understand exactly how much the military uh, the military puts into their sports programs, and subsequently, yes. the, what the process is into getting onto them because they feel very exclusive while simultaneously open. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good question. So I was able to. To there was an army, uh, excuse me, an Air Force guy um, who was connected, and you know he was in Little Rock, old boy, and he just knew the the military rugby fraternity, right? And so he was yeah. just like, hey, you know, they do this, you'd be, you'd probably dominate, um, you know, just kind of go and uh, uh, give it a go, you know. Um, and I, he gave me some contact information. But the, the thing about Army is they uh, um, they legitimately 
have a website. It's called MWR. It's like the Army MWR. And basically what what uh what that is is um I don't know what MWR stands for, but you apply. <laughs> and it's all sports can apply. Yeah. Uh and basically they apply. Like the army is the one that they put a whole lot of money and investment in it. Right. And um and so you're on military like you can apply, give your resume on, you know, you can talk about what, what all, why, why they should consider you. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's pretty, pretty detailed process on how they do it. Um, but if you know somebody, so to speak in that realm, there are ways to make an all military team. So you can get noticed. Now this is when, uh, you could go to Vegas. And 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 do that. I, I they may have other means of how they want to do it, but you know, it's I don't know what it is now, but I do know back mm. then that's that was how you would do it. You you apply, and if your resume was, and you could you could send film too. Um, of, so, of, right, of, of course, yourself. sending so, film. So yeah. was it? Did it? Did they provide any other benefits outside of just playing? Was there like any uh, points that were provided to you? I, I don't. I use points loosely, but a credit given to you as a military person playing a sport that is under this uh, the military athletics. Was there? Was it like a class credit or anything like that that added or gave you years or they can count it no. against something? No. So like if you were able to make the actual team, like, so there was like, uh, if you got on the radar and you were able to make it to Vegas, right? Where that's not the sanctioned tournament. The sanctioned tournament, the armed forces tournament is uh, for sevens is in Colorado during the Cerevi tournament. Right. uh, In Glendale. But Uh, they would go the early tournament. Rugby town, yeah, 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 yeah. Rugby town, yeah. sorry. Um, and you would go, but in order to be noticed on top to give yourself a better chance to make that team, you go and everybody would just show up in Vegas, and we'd have a camp. Show out there. And then through that camp, you yeah, you show out then. Well, mm-hmm. that's you know basically your lodging would be paid for. Like you know we'd pile everybody in like a big house or something like that. Um, but as far as now, if you made that team, you're getting paid for it. You're, really? you're getting paid. Yes, ah, you get paid so your rank. I was gonna say you there get, has to be it, it always felt like there had to be some additional benefit than just yes. play. Like I get it for a normal college program, but so much seems to be invested yeah. into the athletics. That's why I was wondering, yeah. is there a credit or something that is provided? Okay. So no, is it like yes. a stipend or an actual like paycheck? You you are on military orders. Okay. You, if if you are if you make the all army team and you are and are gone for that tournament, you're on military orders. So basically, like you're getting paid your rank. You know, even if you're full time military or not, you right. know, you or you you like I was a national guardsman at the time, so I I just got paid um, what I would get for two week. Yeah, two. Well, it's active pay, but right. I was put on active status for the tournament. And so it's a, nice. for the camp, one week of camp and one week of the, of the tournament. So it was cool. Like, yeah, so we didn't get any, anything 
Like we we got that. We got gear, which was cool. I still have it. Right. Nice. Uh, like uh, uh, a jumpsuit, uh, uh, like an all army jumpsuit, Adidas, right. sweet, uh, black and gold. Uh, <laughs> um, and so we got some gear, some swag. Um, and so yeah, it was it was a good time. It was a very good time. What what was the environment like? Because uh, so in comparison to what you dealt with at Arkansas State to what you dealt with in the army, what was the what was the rugby environments like? Were they similar or were they different? Or like how your preparation? Um, it was all business, all business. Yeah. Like coach was there to win. It was like no shenanigans. Um, like he give you one. You know, we had one night like days before where we you know kind of go out. You know where you know just hang out or whatever outside of that. But coach was a hundred. Coach Drum was a hundred percent about business. We were there to win, period. And so the atmosphere was more like a team that was professional. Okay. You know, like whenever we went to Vegas, we were away, far away from the strip. Yeah. You know, he didn't want that distraction. Um, so it, it was good. It, it was good. You know, everybody had that same focus. Um, and, and 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 so you know and and you were easily you could see who a le- the leader was who the I don't say alpha but like there were a couple of guys that showed up and you just knew they were about business too they were an right. extension of coach and 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 so they were setting the standard as to like how we were going to conduct ourselves and so it was just easy hey cool hey easy day you know nice. uh, because we were we were still a club whenever mm-hmm. I was playing. So at Arkansas State, like even though we were about business and we had certain things in place, that still, level of professionalism wasn't there. Like we were still college kids, but we still right. knew not to trifle with coach. Right. You, know? right. <laughs> um, you guys knew your lane, but this is also habitual right. line steppers simultaneously. Right. Hey, Coach Kirk was that guy that if he saw that we were goofing off in drills before a game, he'd make us run sprints. Jeez. Like all out sprints. Wear out the and body, I'm, but hey, you make a point. That was that was the one game that I was glad I wasn't starting. I was like, Ooh. it was it was something else. But Coach Kirk to do stuff like that. He do stuff like that all the time to get the yeah, A. You're not focused. You're about to get focused. You're gonna understand. You're gonna re- recognize what focus really means. You're Absolutely. gonna know today. Absolutely. No, I love that. I love that. And, and who's the coach that you guys had for for Army during your time? Uh, his name is Coach Colonel Drown, and, and the assistant coach was Nick Punamata, an Islander, both rugby guys. Um, right. His son, Coach Punamata's son, actually uh, made the Eagles team. Um, he played college football at UTEP, made the Eagles team for sevens, yeah. um, and decided to go to special forces route, still moving up in that route. Like, he's a good, humble guy. Like, um, uh, uh, but yeah, no, they, 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 uh, they've created, they created a culture that's still longstanding. Like they're nice. still winning. They still walk in now knowing that if you're playing for this army team, they fear win. period. And Word. so I'm Word. a huge fan of, of that. And, and some of those things that I kind of want to, um, adapt as I move on to uh, coaching and preparation for that. 
So for you, since you, having these experiences obviously gave you a real deep dive into rugby uh, theory and, and, and really active rugby action. Even if ASU was the early point, you still had the setup going into it. And then obviously the military provided another level of discipline that went forward. In, in all that knowledge, um, you know, where, what brought it to now bring wanting to work with the HBCU side? Like, what was the side, what was the, uh, the, the motivation between then and to where you're at now? You know, honestly, it's, uh, it's cheesy to say. So, like, I, being the best stuff are, actually, that's not true, but rugby, most stuff are, <laughs> you know. So I wanted to have my own team, right? I wanted to I actually not just have my own team to coach, but I want to find a way to give athletes opportunities, like and right. specifically find athletes that were good enough to play college football, basketball, or track. Um, and I felt like if I was like, hey, if I can create a scholarship fund, I can do this at University of Arkansas. They've got that Walmart money. <laughs> Or I can do this at LSU because I'm from Louisiana. I'm just thinking, like, you know, which place um, can I have the biggest impact? Well, I was deployed in Kosovo. Um, mm-hmm. And while I was forming all this, you know, uh, kind of drafting up the dream and, 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 and taking notes, I started a journal. Right. And uh, I watched Black Panther uh, in theaters uh, while I was deployed. And I just had a moment where I was like, what would the Wakanda of rugby look like? And I'm just enamored in a lot of the, the things that's going on and throughout the movie. I'm like, that can only happen at an HBCU. So all the things that I wanted to do to make like rugby expansive, to make rugby have uh, an immense amount of resources to have right. um, the best of everything. I wanted to channel that to an HBCU. Right. And so that's where the vision became and, and uh, came to me. And that's when I just started moving forward from there. And this was uh 2017, 18 uh, timeframe. And, and I just mm-hmm. kind of just wanted to make that happen. And uh, I got to a lot, I had a lot of no's before I got to a few yeses to kind of help <laughs> I get that. And, and it's to know, and, and, and it's like, I don't fault any HBCU. I just didn't have the answer to give right. them, to make them, to sway them. Reassurance to, to provide. Yeah. Like, so like for me, you know, we, we know, we know the black community doesn't really, we, we don't know much about rugby in general. Right. Like we just don't know right. much about rugby. And what we do know is misconceptions like, oh, man, you know, no pants. And so right. uh, it's one of those things that, you know, hey, you know, you don't get hit if you don't have the ball. But then even that <laughs> doesn't sound like that doesn't sound like a whole huge endorsement of the sport. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I reached out to Hampton University um, uh, athletic director. He loved the idea. But he was like, hey, we just put, we just gathered this woman's sport. Um, and, 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 and let me backtrack. Let me backtrack. I, I spoke with somebody about this. Uh, he was a part of the administration at Howard and Hampton, mm-hmm. uh, um, a family friend. 
And he ended up uh, telling me, he's like, hey, this sounds good. Hey, we'll let you know that. Um, I can't remember if it was Howard or Hampton, but one of those schools had the first lacrosse team to go D1. And their first mm. game was on ESPN. Their first Division One game was on ESPN. And so he right. kind of started helping me like, hey, you know, this is something that you might want to aspire to. You need to get an advisory board. That's what they did, you know, just kind of, you know, to, to create. Um, so you don't have to create a foundation, you know, or if you create a foundation, you have that advisory board to support you. To back up on, right. Uh, um, yeah. And, and, and to do a lot of the legwork of nonprofit that, or, or if, you know, the, the ad- administrative stuff that goes into uh, funding and uh, a, a, a program. Right. And so I started thinking about, oh, I, I want to be I want to be D1. I want to be able to say that we we're this so that we're we're able to maximize getting the message out about HBCU at its highest Rugby. platform to right. at its highest platform and, and not just being there, being able to compete. Right. And not right. Just nobody competing. wants to be a punching bag, <laughs> you know. No, no, no. And so we're going to properly take our steps. But um, but, you know, again, I didn't have myself prepared. So like, I went to Hampton, got to know, um, or not right now. I got to not right now. We don't have the funding. Well, right. I never anticipated getting support. I was always going to find the, the resources, but I didn't have all my research done to be able to say that to them. Um, right. And went to Grambling, same thing. The assistant at the athletic director, and it's like I had to take a step back from reaching right. out until I can answer a lot of these questions that they're asking me. Or when they tell me, when they bring up a, a reason why they can't, I just give them. A you have a why counter for it, ready to go. Absolutely, and so. It took me months and months and months um, of just figuring out who to talk to, how to talk to them. I landed on Tennessee State. That was something that I was really, really trying to get done because I thought that Tennessee, Nashville had a great opportunity uh, for the city itself to really grow Mm -hmm. in rugby. And Memphis was inner city was right down the road. Uh, So, like, you know, it would have been really easy to – bring quality rugby group good athletes and and and, ten, and tennessee state to nashville like nashville's a, a, a beautiful city you know and, and right. I, oh, I can get i mean easily get kids to come come here <laughs> <laughs> but tennessee didn't have the infrastructure they didn't even right. have a field um they don't have a field to play flag football so i was like yeah you know it, it's too much know, starting how. from the th- too much of a bottom yeah. to start from yeah, yeah. And, and this is, I think, around the time I re, uh, I got connected with you. Whenever yeah. I started looking like, at Louisiana, Tennessee State was the first one. Yeah, yeah, and and um, and thankfully, um, what got me, um, I had a friend who did did fundraising for uh, Arkansas State, like the mm-hmm. the university, um, uh, their foundation, and he said, "Hey, you know." since you're trying to do all the fundraising anyway, since you are doing everything you can to raise the money, talk to the foundation, tell them that you, if, if they give you a seat at the table of their 501 C three, you'll raise all the money. 
And I did. Yep. And, and they gave and you a they seat. Said, they gave me a seat. So I didn't have to create my own foundation. Nice. I walk in being able to tell any uh, foundation, any company, corporation that I have a 501c3. Mm-hmm. I have that ID number waiting to give to you right now. And so that was huge. And and I was like, while I'm at it, let me see. And, and, the, and the person that really helped Greenlight was the director of development uh, for the Southern University uh, System Foundation, uh, nice. Robert Harrison. He had nice. he, he saw the potential. He wanted to br- he wants to bring other sports um, to Southern, you know, and and um, he happened to uh, have an understanding of what rugby was and and understanding that it is. Value, there's value in marketability in it internationally. Right. We've got to figure out how to create that value. And he keeps telling me, hey, you have to show value. Right. You got to be able to, to find the, and figure to out the, how to, to your pipeline. Right. No, Absolutely. no, that makes all the sense. Makes all the sense in the world. And that's that's the thing, you know, part a lot of this issue is how do we not just create the pipeline for students, but you know, creating the pipeline as a full administration to be able to support those athletes being able to come in and understand um, um, how to be properly effective for both the team and the university alike. Yeah. There's, there's definitely a process and, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm taking what they give me, but I'm also <laughs> asking big, you know, I, 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 I had a, so, like I told you, I think whenever before I, I even messaged, like, because they, they gave me a, a template, memorandum of understanding for the program. And I let it yeah. sit for over a month because I was like, I don't know what to ask for. And right. I remember, you remember me telling you about that? Like, I was like, you know, I was like, man, like, what do I ask? You know, basically, this is basically saying, this is what you, you uh, whatever we put in right here is what's going to be. Right. And, and so I was like, well, shoot, let, let me let me ask for everything, everything I want. Right. Take it all. And uh, let me get it all. The, the, yeah. Hey, we see no issue with it. They signed off. On <laughs> it. I was like, cool. I'm not going to go in depth with what all I asked for. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to save that for later. Uh, right. Another podcast uh, once things start coming in, in line. But but it was a lot. It, it's a lot that. Most rugby programs don't have i'll just say that uh, i mean and that's again and it's whenever it's just, you're trying to break the mold you have to go beyond what the, the normal scopes have been and, and and that's what it is and you know uh uh coach eddie jones he even said you know you don't want to be you don't want to start following a trend which a lot of teams right. and programs do you want to start yeah. the trend and that's what i'm doing i'm starting the trend right here at, at southern no, I love that. I love that. Um, you know, for you now that it's it's working your way with Southern and, and, and everything like that, um, what is it that you are envisioning and intending for this Southern team uh, in terms of what you want to bring for the students? Obviously, you want to bring the game, but like, what is it that you are looking to be able to get out, make out of this, uh, this, this program? 
I think just just inspire others, right? Uh, right. The, the biggest thing is um, when these young men and industry women, they look at a lot of doors that are being closed uh, on their preferred sport, right? You know, and, right. and some of them feel like they probably are going to feel like they probably could have competed at the highest level in whatever sport that is. Well, I want to open up another door. I want to be able to say that um, you're still a great athlete. There's no reason for you to shut that down um, or just, you know, hey, you can do more than intramurals. You know, you can be a part of something. And, you know, there's the problem with rugby in America is just not marketable right now. Like there's just not, they're struggling to win uh, from a 15 standpoint. Um, and, and, and just, they're, the opportunities to, to go far aren't really promoted, right? Or they're not promoted well, or, or they're not uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a means to where people are like, oh, yeah, well, let me do that. Like, they're not like right. something that you can easily gravitate to, the opportunity. So you look at a lot of people don't know, like even in Louisiana, a lot of people don't know LSU has a rugby team. Right. You know? Right. And I mean, I remember whenever I first you know, found uh, out. Or, yeah. And, and, you know, they have the brand. Like, I talked to the coach, you know, I mean, he's a brand new, uh, he's kind of placed in that role because the coach uh, at LSU has, has uh, visa, had visa, so he had to go back to his other country. And right. so, you know, I'm talking to him about just basic stuff that I would do to improve what my program could be. Um, if I had the brand LSU and, and he's right. like, wow, you know, hurry up and, and, and help me, you know, get this. <laughs> help I, me help you. But but, right. And so, but, you know, um, I, I look at, I want to have university be um, something that gives people a reason to care about rugby. Like, you know, with less than 5% African-Americans playing in this country, you know, we look at uh, basketball was adopted from rugby. Uh, Football was adapted from rugby. Right. You know, American football. And you take just all the skills that these athletes are, these great athletes, you know, like, I mean, guys that have the prototype size, prototype speed, they just need to learn the game. And I just want to be able to show them that they can be dominant, you know, and look at uh, or have them be aware that Rock Nation has eight international athletes, you know, um, all, all uh, I think one is Polynesian, already severe, and, uh, right. and everybody else is uh, of African descent. And so right. um, be able to say, hey, be that, be that one uh, kid that gets Jay-Z's attention. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Do you, do you feel? And I'm I'm gonna add hit hit a little deep, but do you feel like you're trying to make a program that you wanted to be a part of whenever you were younger? I definitely think that if you look at the culture that I intend to create, it'll be something that will be. I, I would I would have run to be a part of that. Yeah. You know, like I, I, if I would have known, um, and especially like I haven't really dove into like 
my ambitions for their development and, and, and the coaches that I'm bringing in and, and, and the way that I intend on uh, growing rugby, but just knowing the impact and the importance of culture, knowing um, how if you have the culture already better than the uh, culture in your opposing team, the score is going to take care of itself. And, and that's that's my focus is is yes like to answer your question yes like I uh, I, I know that I'm going to create a culture that a, a lot of kids are going to want to be a part of and right. we're going to take our so we're going to be deliberate in how we approach um because uh, a lot of these kids they're coming from that a lot of these athletes that I'm going to be recruiting they're coming from that structured football basketball track program where it was nothing for them to get up in the morning and work out if the coach told them to come in on Sunday or Saturday to do extra or whatever, you know, especially you looking at athletes out of New Orleans and, and, and the competitive uh, nature of, of the top tier programs. Right. So uh, I, I feel like that's something that they would want uh, outside of like some fi financial aid support and scholarships. You know, they want a structure that, right. that helps them, maximize who they are and so that's kind of what my hope is to, to create that so that it's an easy transition even if they don't know the sport you know right. it's an easy transition because you know i'm focusing on a values-based purpose-driven uh, approach to their development and you know We've talked about those values often, you know, accountability, right. character, discipline, hard work, respect, and trust. And trust is going to be huge because if they don't know the game, you know, you know how it is that that, that, that first six months to a year, it, it takes about that six month to one year window to where you really understand the sport. And so to keep that trust to where they don't get discouraged. You know, right. where it's like, hey, man, you know, hey, it's it's okay to 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 take a little time and learn this time off and what you know, but yeah, yeah, you know, and so basically trying to encourage them uh, to uh, trust me and trust my coaching staff and trust the right. uh, the delivery in which I want to bring uh, their success rate. Nice, nice. I think uh, kind of tailing this off, you know, where can people find you? So right now I'm on Instagram. Uh, there's a Southern University. Congrats actually. for that. Finally. Yeah, yeah, after finally. 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 <laughs> <laughs> right, let, me, let, me, let me see if I can get the exact uh, uh, Instagram uh, The name. actual name, you know. Hey, uh, so it's Southern UNIV underscore rugby. Um, okay. You can also find me, uh, find the GoFundMe um, where we're trying to get as many resources and just to kind of dive in. It's more, it's the goal is to make this more than just about rugby, you know? Right. Like, the, I studied every every school. I studied about ten HBCU uh, strategic plans, and each one came up with uh, 
the same struggles, low male enrollment, right. low retention rates, and low graduation rates. And I'm using rugby to fix that. Um, and we're, I'm hoping my methodology is a template to improve others. And it's like, hey, allow them to be a focal point, allow rugby to take its place where it needs to be. Don't just kind of dismiss it. You know, like it can be, it can add great value if you allow right. it. And, and that's kind right. of what I'm wanting to be able to say after, you know, in the next few years, after I've been able to show sustained success, sustained success, where right. I'm able to show that these implement, the things that I've implemented, the retention rates have improved, have in, increased. And, you know, everyone on my team is still on pace to graduate. Um, and so uh, it's, you know, hey, they owe me, if, if they get any type of financial aid from me, they owe me 20 hours a week. Five of which <laughs> is, yeah, yeah. Hey, f- five of which is study hall. So right. they walk in automatically. Get like, to them hey, books. Five hours. Get to them books. Get to the books. And, and, and one hour a week is community service. And more times than not, we're going to get that in a four-week or four-hour block on weekends, either giving back to the community. Uh, we're partnering with uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield uh, Foundation of Louisiana. So we're going to have a lot of opportunities to volunteer and give back. Um, and we just want to be a, a focal point in the community, um, whether it be Baton Rouge or New Orleans, to say, hey, we give back. This rugby team gives back. Um and we're, we're here to um, we're here for Louisiana. We're here to give uh, so many opportunities for, for the youth and, and just an opportunity to entertain. Um, you know, uh, I'm in talks right now to try to uh, really, really impact the, the just see what the possibilities are. Um, but again, we're, we're, we're very much in developmental process. I'm in the recruiting process right now. Uh, uh, got uh, recently connected with Hall of Famer Aeneas Williams. Um, nice. Hoping to be able to connect with him to be able to really uh, see what we can do, uh, what kind of support that doesn't cost money that we can get from the school. Like, you know, getting that preferred schedule so that they can reasonably get up in the morning and work out and have their skills locked off to where they're not uh, missing class or late for class, being able to go right. shower and then go to class and eat and all that. Because <laughs> morning workouts are going to be a big part. You know, that's going to be gonna a big be part of it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I've got the strength and conditioning coach of the professional team uh, in New Zealand Crusaders developing my uh, strength and conditioning plan. And so nice. it's uh it's exciting right now, um, um and 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 I feel very confident in what we can do. And like you, so if you're the Wakanda rugby, what does that look like? That's right. having the best players, having the best resources, best coaching. You know, like we're really um going to be in position to really impact like the game and. Word. Development, like I'm, I'm in talks right now to partner with the Chiefs, New Zealand, that, but the New Zealand uh, professionals. Uh, I'm really partnering with uh, 
Nola Gold, who is also partnered with the top 14 team Claremont, which we're going to be partnered with as well. So there's a lot of big things on the way. Um, and then basically just boils down to develop, you know, internships that will allow these kids to grow not on the field, but in that profession outside of sports that they're going to be nice. moving on to. So just just really want to just create something uh, that creates an all-encompassing athlete, player, student. Uh, I've got a mental skills coach um, out of New Orleans that is going to be on my staff. And I'm just trying to connect the dots everywhere I can to right. really uh, bring this thing home. And uh, part of why, like, I've, I've, I've tried to really make this so massive is, you know, for the longest time I was planning this while I was going to be in Tennessee State. Well, who's in that region? Uh, life, <laughs> Tennessee. Lindenwood, <laughs> no. Davenport, yeah. Arkansas right. State, like, all like our you. perennial top ten yeah. teams um, each year, like, with um, – uh, life or Lindenwood, either one of those teams, more likely are going to be playing to go to the national championship against somebody, whether it be Army, right. Navy, you know. So, True. you know, it was going to be a gauntlet. So I was like, hey, I got to have those guys. I got to have <laughs> a system in place to be able to compete. Because like we said, we don't want to be a punching bag. You know, right. we want to come in well and ready to compete. And punch well somebody in the face. Well coached. Mm-hmm. And um uh, and, and represent uh, HBC, not just HBC, only rugby in a manner in which it should be played. The right. only reason why there's not like a lot of value is just because of just, in, in America, it's just right now, like it's just not where it needs to be. And I'm hoping that uh, the gut check of not making the World Cup really uh, hasn't taken a step back on like, hey, how can we improve our development program? Well, Right. How about you take a look at what we're doing at Southern University? Um, and I can I can show you way better than I can tell. You know, uh, like I said, just I'm looking forward to our our conversation the next time I'm on the podcast in six months as we get ready to go in our camps <laughs> in the summer. Yeah, I'm looking forward to football. it. And when I have my first combine after I, after I have my first combine uh, in in uh, in the spring. Um, and we're coming. We're, we we Yo. uh, we're, we're definitely gonna uh, cap off our season against LSU prior to whatever NCR uh, tournament we're going in. That's that's uh, you know if, yes we're playing in NCR South, but we want to play LSU and uh, we want to make a statement for Southern alumni. To, to be able to take notice. Uh, preferably, uh, we play uh, before they have a night game so that the announcer can announce the score. Uh, <laughs> the I kind of want to be in attendance just to like, see what, 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 what the impact is going to be. You know? <laughs> Yo, I love it. Isaiah, man. Definitely appreciate this. Definitely love it. And uh, I look forward to to what the future has to hold and uh, that, uh, 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 you know, we're, we're going to see see where it is. So whenever we're, you, you guys are ready to come compete at the HBCU Rugby Classic. Yeah. No, man, it's going to be a great time. Like the HBO, I can't wait. 2024, we're coming. I can't wait. 2024 Yo, HBCU go. Classic. 
We are coming. Let's go, man. I appreciate coming. it, man. Thank you, bro. Hey, thank you, brother. Hey, it's been great. Um, uh, enjoy your holidays. And uh, I can't wait to hey, the next time to be on uh, with you. Yo, Isaiah, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. Definitely appreciate it. And thank you, everybody, who took the time to listen and be able to get a little bit more knowledge about what's going on within the HBCUs and just rugby here in the U.S. Uh, guys, we have so many, so many uh, uh, stories on this catalog to talk about. And, of course, we are always trying to add new things so that we can continue to develop more opportunities and present more ideas and, and be able to offer more chances to be able to be uh, a part of this rugby growth so want to fully thank you please of course like i said share this with your friends and family if you feel that there's a value that they have for it um and please absolutely like and subscribe if this is the first time you're getting a chance to listen to it you can check out some of our other episodes we've had great ones uh with theo bennett uh we talked with cassette sharon ganji who is a promoter rugby promoter from uh zimbabwe and and here in dc in the u.s we have Tozan Tuchitanwe, we have Naya Tapper, Chetta Emba, uh, we have Adam Hayward, uh, who is actor for the movie Play On. We have so many great, great people who have had a chance to talk with us. Of course, our HBCU classics, Phaedra Knights. We had uh, Catherine Aversanu, Takundo Rusiki, Daniel Devalier, Saifuddin Safir, and, and just so many people to be able to talk to. But what I want you to know most of all that I hope that I, you know that you are happy. I hope that you know that I hope that you are healthy. And I hope you have a great holiday. It is Christmas. I hope you have a great, amazing holiday going into this. Because you, you, you are highly favored. Y'all, y'all have a great one. Until next time. Cheers. <laughs>